0: Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Irvindale. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Christ Jesus. Join Pastor Mike as he teaches through the Gospel of Luke. Now, based on the things that I've just shared with you and what I see happening in in the text here, I have a question. And my question is this. With all that law and with all that social stigma... How in the world did this leper get so close to Jesus that he could fall at his feet and beg for help? How did that happen? It's not supposed to happen. Luke is clear. Jesus didn't go to the man. No, this man just kind of bursts onto the scene and he puts what little life he has at risk. He breaks every law and he crosses every social expectation because he wants to get to Jesus. So I asked the question, how did that happen? And why did that happen? First, the how. I have a theory. Don't know that it's a fact, but it seems reasonable to me. You know, when people would hear that term, unclean, being shouted out, there would be an immediate and intentional effort to give the leper a wide berth. That was the point of the word. That was the point of shouting it out so that people would make sure they stayed clear. Now, on this day, I can see the crowd They're all around Jesus. They're all excited about him, about what he's been doing, about his miracles and his teaching. And and, and I can see that crowd pressing in on him to the point that it is so tight, it's hard to move, much less get access to him. But then I see this leper coming up on the crowd. And I see this leper with his hand over his lips saying, unclean! Unclean, but he doesn't stop. He keeps moving toward the crowd. He keeps moving toward Jesus. You know what's going to happen. Hey, those people are going to part like the Red Sea. I mean, hey, he's coming. He's not stopping. Hey, it's 100. It's 400. It's 100. Hey, wait a minute. It's 50. I'm getting out of here. It's kind of like somebody yelling, skunk. If you have any brains, you're going to hightail it out of there. But I want you to notice that Jesus doesn't move, he doesn't run. He doesn't shrink back. Instead, he remains steadfast, and he allows this leper to drop at his feet. That maybe answers how. The next question is why? Why would this man risk everything to get to Jesus? Well, I can only surmise that he has heard the stories He's overheard others talking about this this man who is healing people left and right and no disease is able to remain when he commands it to leave. I can only imagine that this man has heard that this Jesus has cast out demon spirits and when he commands them to leave they leave. And I can see them standing there. And he's you know Jesus is now in his town. And he sees the crowd off in the distance. And he sees Jesus off in the distance. And perhaps he's standing there. As he's standing there literally rotting away, he thinks to himself. You know, if Jesus could heal all those other diseases, if Jesus can actually command demons and they fly out of people's bodies, then maybe he can heal me. And so we find this man face down in the dirt at Jesus' feet. And this is what he says. Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And that brings me to truth point number two, which says this, that when a person awakens to the true desperation of their need, humility is a small price to pay to find the answer that you need. Now, most people won't humble themselves until they awaken to the true nature and desperation of their need, but when they do, they are generally willing to do whatever it takes, even humble themselves. And you know, it's, it's no doubt that this man, his condition had humbled him, but in the midst of his humiliation, I find in this man at least a glimmer of faith. Maybe we would call it desperate faith, <laughs> Or maybe we would refer to it as last resort faith. But I ask the question, how much faith is required for God to move in a life? And I ask that question again. How much faith is required for God to move in someone's life? Jesus gives us an idea about that Um, in Luke chapter 17. We'll get to it someday. It records a time when the disciples were asking Jesus to increase their faith. That's what they said. Lord, increase our faith. And here's how he responded. If you had faith like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be rooted up and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. That's what he said. That's what Jesus said. So how much faith did this man have? Who can say? What we can say is this, is he had enough faith to do what he did. He had enough faith to break the law. He had enough faith to break every social uh, expectation. He had enough faith to get to Jesus and to fall at his feet and make a request. Verse 13 then reveals Jesus' response. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. Now there are two things I want you to get from this. Number one, Jesus touched the leper. And I say, Jesus, what are you thinking? Aren't you afraid that you're going to contract leprosy? Jesus, don't you know that if you touch this man, you become ceremonially unclean? And I tell you that Jesus was fully aware of the risks. He was fully aware of the stigmas. But compelled by compassion, moved by his mission, and motivated, motivated by the glory of the Father, Jesus was willing to do the unthinkable. He touched the untouchable. As Jesus touched that man, can you hear the crowd go, (gasps) but can you feel the hope beginning to rise up in this man as Jesus lays his hand on his body? The second thing that I want you to see is that with his hand firmly planted on this leprous body, Jesus said, I am willing, be cleansed. Five words. That's it. Five words from the lips of the Messiah, and this man is cleansed. His leprosy goes away. Not only did all that rash and stuff go away, but I believe if he had nubs of fingers and nubs of toes or his eyes were all messed up and his face was disfigured, you got to know that in that moment, not only did the disease go away, but the injuries from it were healed. Now, if it was shocking to see Jesus put his hand on a leper, how much more shocking is it to see the disease go away, to see fingers and toes grow and eyes get clear? Can you hear the crowd going, <gasps> can you feel the joy that is bursting in this man's soul? Truth point number three tells us that true works of God depend on his power alone. Gimmickry, smoke and mirrors are not required. When God moves, people receive full Restoration. When God moves, people receive full restoration. You know, on this day, an authentic miracle was witnessed by probably hundreds of people, and there was no two bits about it. This was real, it happened, they saw it with their own two eyes. This man experienced it. So, after the man receives his healing, I want you to take note that Jesus exhorts him, tell no one. Well, now, wait a minute. (laughs) There's a bunch of people who have already seen it. I mean, it's not like they were out in the woods by themselves. But he tells the man, tell no one, but this is what I want you to do. I want you to go immediately to the priest, and I want you to make all of the offerings that the law calls for. The law of Moses calls for, and I studied that, and I wished I had the time to share with you all of that, because it's got some beautiful pictures, and maybe some other time when we come to another leper, I'll do that. But let me just say this, that the law of Moses specified a multi-week ritual of cleansing and celebration And it was spelled out in detail of what the person was supposed to do. If a verifiable leper received a verifiable healing, then they were to go through this this multi-week extravaganza. And that's why Jesus is sending him to the priest to begin that process. But there's something else here in the text that is quite fascinating And I also think rather odd. Notice that he doesn't just say, go to the priest and show yourself so that you can begin the process. But he says, show yourself so that it will be a proof to them. A proof to them? A proof of what? To whom? That leads us to truth point number four. The proof that Jesus is talking about here is all about messiahship. And the them is all about the religious leaders of Israel. Take note of this. Jesus performed this miracle so that it would be proof to the priest that the Messianic age had arrived. Hey, listen. I know Jesus loves. I know Jesus' compassion. I know he has a soft heart. But I want to tell you, he didn't perform this miracle just because he felt sorry for some poor leper. Because there were lepers everywhere. But he performed this particular miracle with a motive in mind. He wanted there to be unrefutable proof that the Messiah was now on the scene. You see, Scripture tells us that restoring sight to the blind and making the lame walk And cleansing lepers and restoring hearing to the death and and raising the dead to life were all signs that would accompany the coming of the Messiah. Luke chapter seven, verse 22. When John the Baptist is about to be executed and he's wondering, did I make a mistake putting my hand on this Jesus and proclaiming him to be the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world and he sent some of his disciples to find out and Jesus sent him back saying what? Tell John these things are happening. Why? Because John knew if those things are happening, Jesus is the real deal. So listen, when Jesus instructed the man to tell no one, and I know many of you, you read that passage, you're thinking to yourself, why would he do that? Why? I, you have asked me that. Why would he do that? Well, here's why he did it. He wasn't restricting the man from sharing his good news with other people. No, he simply wanted The first report of this miracle to hit the ears and the eyes of the priests. That's all. He just wanted them to hear it first and see it first. Why? Because he wanted to awaken a slumbering religion that was all but dead to awaken them that your Messiah, your long awaited Savior, is here. He wanted to awaken them. The kingdom of God is breaking into space and time. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission.